0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash
2: host. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have the newest star of the Food Network holiday movie on the podcast to talk about her Indian American heritage, representation in the industry and what it was like to work on set with Duff Goldman. But just a quick note before we get to our guest, we will be taking a small break over the holidays, but we'll be back with new episodes on January 13th. All right. She is an actor and advocate known for her roles in The Good Place and now a gingerbread Christmas on Discovery Plus. It's Tia Sirkar. welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we are so excited to have you on and pumped to talk about your acting career and of course your latest film. But first, I must ask about your recent travels because I saw you spent your Thanksgiving in Peru, which is such an incredible country. Um, How did this trip come about? Um, I I actually just got back yesterday. So, um, yes, uh, it was amazing.
3: I Uh, how did it come about? I, um, had a few days off, like, you know, obviously Thanksgiving break. And I thought, where can I go that doesn't require like a really, really long flight, like crossing an ocean and Mm -hmm. where can I, what can I fit into like a 10 day trip? And, um, Going to Peru and visiting Machu Picchu has always been super high on my bucket list. So I thought, what better time than now to just check that thing off?
2: So I I did it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what was your pa- uh, what was your favorite part from your time there? Oh my gosh, um, I'm not just saying this because this is a Food
3: Network podcast, but um, honestly, the food <laughs> was a big. So plus. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, like truly, Machu Picchu is. Uh, it's, uh, it's hard to describe in words. I mean, I've obviously seen pictures and videos Mm -hmm. and, you know, national geographic, you know, specials or whatever my whole life, but it's, it, it was almost like I had to pinch myself when I was there, like, I'm actually seeing this with my own eyes, and it's um, it's just every bit as incredible as you hope it will be and think it is, and um, and the people are just so so warm and like hospitable, and the food is so
2: good. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, all all good things. All good things. I couldn't agree more. I uh, I actually went there after I got laid off from ESPN and uh, a few years ago, and it was. I mean, people say it's life changing, but it's it's true. It, it really does take your breath away. It is stunning you know, in more ways than one, like you said, and, and definitely the food was a highlight as well. And as I mentioned, you were there over Thanksgiving. Uh, so what was your Thanksgiving (laughs) day meal? Like, yeah, my, my Thanksgiving day meal was, uh, a little different than
3: normal, (laughs) which was totally fine with me this time, you know, this, this year. Um, what did I eat? I, I ate, uh, I was in, I was in Cusco, uh, Mm -hmm. for, for Thanksgiving day. So we ate, um, you know, causa, which is like that for, for anyone that doesn't know, it's like a gosh, it's like a stacked, well, how do I describe causa? It's like mashed potatoes with like avocado and then something on top, which is either like a, like a, like raw, like fish, fish tartare or mm-hmm. chicken. And this particular one at a restaurant that if anyone ever goes to Cusco, please go eat at Morena, Morena. M-O-R-E-N-A. Oh,
2: I think way. I ate there. Oh,
3: actually. my God. It's like it's on the square, like on the Plaza D'Armas. And you're looking uh-huh. out at these amazing. It's like just a beautiful view, wonderful uh, staff. And the food is like insane. So anyway, there's is there's just happens to be breaded and fried. Mm, I mean, <laughs> so, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, causa ceviche. Obviously, I like my weight in ceviche on this trip. Mm-hmm. And, um, chicha morata which is like that uh, purple corn drink. Oh, this right. one had Pisco in it. So, you know, nice. there are worse, <laughs> there are worse Thanksgiving meals than the one I had. <laughs> what
2: was your, what was the favorite thing that you ate on this trip? Gosh, pr- I mean, potentially that deep, you know, breaded yeah. and fried cows. Yeah, um, I mean, that <laughs> so- sounds pretty hard to
3: talk. Oh, you know what, uh, between that meal at Morena, which um, was incredible and we were in Lima and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lima, gosh, it's like, it feels like a world, away from, from the sacred Valley and Machu Picchu and Cusco, mm-hmm. which is like in the Andes and the food there is like very specific, like Andean food and Lima's like almost feels a. Tu- I mean, not the city, not the way that it looks, but almost a touch like Los Angeles, like it's on the waters, mm-hmm. you know, has a very Pacific coastal feel and lots of seafood. And, um, if anyone ever is in Lima, please go eat at La Picanteria. OK, and like eat everything and drink, <laughs> drink, drink a pisco sour. It comes in like this massive it's like a goblet of pisco sour, uh, which I don't like sour sours. I don't like whiskey sours. I don't like. Mm-hmm. But man, you got to have you got to have
2: pisco <laughs> sour. When you're, I, dr-
3: when- I drank. I drank a few, but this one was by far the best <laughs> and like the best ceviche I've ever had. Um, so yeah. good. Those are my those are my Peru recs. Uh, La, P- La Picanteria in Lima and uh, Morena in Cusco. I have okay. more, but w- this isn't a Peru uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah. so we'll save I mean, that. We'll, we'll
2: save that for another episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it sounds like an, an amazing way to to spend your Thanksgiving holiday. And speaking of celebrations, uh, I know the, the Diwali was also fairly recent at the end of October. And I love what this festival of light. Represents, you know, the triumph of light over darkness, the human ability to overcome. Uh, what were your Diwali celebrations like growing up? Um, well, most of our, I mean, we're
3: Indian, so I'm, I'm Indian. My parents are from India, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure this is not relegated to South Asians, but like our, most of our holidays are, you know, revolve around food and eating, mm. cooking, eating. Uh, sharing meals with family. Um, uh, And then Diwali specifically involves like lighting theas, which are these like clay lamps and you dip these like, uh, well, we used cotton balls. I don't know what it's, I don't know what they used back for a millennia, but um, (laughs) uh, dipped in, in clarified butter, like in in key and, Mm -hmm. and, and you light those and it's, you know, it's sort of like, it's like the equivalent of like Christmas lights. It's really special Mm. and beautiful. And it represents, uh, you know, like this beautiful idea, like you said about, um, you know, uh, good conquering evil and sort of like, uh, rebirth and, 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 uh, overcoming obstacles. So it's a, it's a beautiful celebration.
2: How have you made those celebrations, you know, your own as an adult, you know, living away from home and and, and trying to kind of keep those traditions alive? Yeah, that's a good question. It's hard because I, I,
3: um, you know, I live far away from my family, unfortunately. I, like I see them as much as I can. You know, we all mm-hmm. love to travel. And so we still travel together as a family, which a lot of my friends think I'm crazy for doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we often will travel to see each other or we will all go on like a big, you know, family trip over, over like the Christmas holidays or Thanksgiving holidays or whenever we can. But yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I don't really have like, um, I'm, I'm Indian and I'm specifically Bengali. My parents are from Calcutta. So culturally, ethnically, we're Bengali. And so I don't really have like a Bengali community that I'm necessarily a part of really here uh, in, in California. And so you know, um, it's kind of long distance or whenever, you know, I, I'm able to be with family for
2: these types of things, but you know, it, you, you just do the best you can. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think all of us can relate to that for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned your your parents are from Calcutta. Uh, wh- what do you remember about growing up, um, you know, your childhood and, and their their culture and their traditions that they were, you know, trying to teach to you, but also, you know, obviously assimilate to, to your life in Texas as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel really fortunate. I feel like super lucky that I. I feel like I can say I am. I am fully holy, holy. <laughs> no pun <laughs> intended. Um, bicultural. Like I was born and raised in Texas. I am Texan through and through. But then I also have like this whole. You know, I, I feel like my parents did a really great job of like, not sort of keeping these two identities separate, like I was able to sort of like be both at the same time and have always been. And it's not even something that I necessarily think about consciously. It's just that they, my parents are both professors, so they're Mm. really wonderful teachers and they've been my greatest teachers uh, my whole life. And so that I feel truly fortunate for as well. And so like, they've, they've sort of taught me so much and given me so much perspective. Like I I have one sister, one older sister, and we grew up so far from our family. It was just, you know, our nuclear family in Mm -hmm. Texas. And then, you know, extended family sprinkled all over like the United States and Canada and the UK and Australia, and then a bunch in India, which we would see them sort of sporadically, like we would go visit um, every few years, but that's not really enough. Right. And so my parents did a really great job of sort of like sharing all kinds of, you know, not just information, but like cultural sort of practices. And we spoke, well, I, my mom would tell you that I speak terrible Bengali, but um, I understand (laughs) Bengali perfectly. My sister and I both sort of, uh, it goes in the same, like they speak, my parents speak Bengali and English to us. I hear them the same way. And then when it comes to like actually responding in Bengali, it takes me a little longer. (laughs) But but, you know, so I, I have my parents to thank for like how we were raised to proudly be both American and Indian and Texan and Bengali. And um, and I don't even sort of it's, it's just sort of my identity. And I it's it's so ingrained in me that I don't even sort of have to consciously think
2: about it or try to balance them. They just are me. That's who I am. I love that. What about food growing up? Like what was typical in your household? Was it very traditionally Indian or was it like you just kind of mentioned, like a mixture of all of these wonderful things?
3: I have to say, I mentioned feeling fortunate. I am so lucky. My mom, I know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my mom's a great cook. My mom is like, like, like uh, objectively a, an amazing, incredible, like world-class cook. She cooks everything. She cooks incredible Bengali food. You know, growing up, we ate all kinds of stuff. She would cook Chinese food. she cooked Mediterranean food, Middle Eastern food, whatever we consider, you know, American food, uh, Western food, we, we ate everything, man, she she's such an amazing cook. And I don't think I properly appreciated it until I got older and moved out on my own and had to make my own food. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, so I've just been eating like this really, really, really delicious, like excellent food my whole life. And I didn't know that wasn't normal. That's not like a normal <laughs> thing for everyone. So yeah, so uh, I lucky enough to sort of you know, we ate all kinds of cuisines and my mom's Bengali food specifically is just like amazing. And I... Wish I lived closer to her. So, I mean, for many reasons. So, like, to wish close I live closer to my parents, but yeah, the food is definitely uh, my mom's
2: food is definitely something that I miss. What what what's your favorite thing that she makes? Oh my
3: gosh, uh, that is really hard to narrow down because she makes like so many amazing dishes. But um, I'll be okay. So so one so Bengali food we eat of like a wide variety of all kinds of vegetables, but we're very, Calcutta, B- the Bengal is on the Bay of Bengal and it's on, like the Ganges River runs through it. So we eat a ton of freshwater fish. We eat fish. Uh, Bengalis mm. are sort of known for eating f- like tons of fish. So we eat okay. freshwater fish, we eat seafood, which I love. It's probably like genetic, I'm, I'm genetically predisposed to loving <laughs> seafood. <laughs> to loving
2: seafood.
3: But my mom makes something I don't know what to call it in English, but I guess I call in my family, we call it mustard shrimp Which sounds, sounds gross, but um, <laughs> it's like a shrimp curry. The gravy, I guess you would call it is made out of like mustard seeds mm. and really spicy green chilies and like dried coconut, like shredded Yum. coconut. And Oh my God, it's so good. I could eat it every day <laughs> and you eat it with rice, like with Basmati rice. And uh, yeah, I, I could eat that dish every day.
2: <laughs> it sounds delicious. My stomach's growling for sure. <laughs> uh, before we move on to your acting career, I do have one other question about you growing up in Texas, but I saw on your Instagram, you were wearing a Giants jersey. Oh, my so God. What is that about? I can't.
3: Uh, yeah, listen, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's like uh, the only thing I'm, I'm literally from Arlington, Texas, which is legit where the Cowboys play yeah it's uh it's not okay I know it and my friends in Texas are like how how has this happened to you like what went wrong it's a long story I don't know how this happened I mean I do know how it happened okay (laughs) it has to do with the next boyfriend but um I became a Giants fan I sort of got I got pulled over to the to, to the dark side, I suppose. <laughs> early, like early, early 2000. So it was it's not like I jumped on the bandwagon uh, when they won uh, that Super the first Super Bowl that they won mm-hmm. against the Patriots. I was already a legitimate fan. But, um, you know, that relationship may have ended, but my
2: relationship with the Giants never has. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep something from that relationship. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, well, we don't get you know, a lot of actors on the show. So I am interested to, to dive into how you got into the industry. What was the moment where you kind of felt this spark in terms of performing and, and kind of loving that?
3: Great question. By the way, I also never get to do podcast or interviews about food. So I'm thrilled. like, <laughs> yeah. I, always, I always end up talking about acting, but um, getting to talk about it's like my favorite subject. So I it's mutually beneficial. I started performing. I started, I was a dancer first, I started dancing when I was uh, maybe two. Two and a half was my first dance uh, recital, dance performance. (laughs) And uh, I started taking musical theater classes and acting classes when I was maybe like seven or eight. And I just was doing theater, like community theater and theater in school all throughout, like, you know, uh, through high school. And um, and when I I went to college, I went to the University of Texas in Austin and I got two degrees. I got a, a theater and dance degree and I got a I got a business degree, which in (laughs) hindsight, I didn't really have any business getting because I didn't know what I was doing. And I still, to this day, I, you know, half my friends from college are like theater, you know, like, like artsy-fartsy types. And then the other half are all like hedge fund analysts and investment (laughs) bankers. And I have no idea what they do. And we took the same classes. I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I started performing at a really young age and loved dancing and I loved acting and I just... I don't know. I mean, I think I sort of would, I don't know. I was probably the most annoying kid. I would like perform skits and and like try and tell jokes at like family <laughs> parties and try and make people laugh. And once I, I realized that like I had the ability to like entertain people and people, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could get them to smile or laugh. And um, it felt so like just just thrilling and also... It made me feel great, so I, I, I think, um, yeah. At some point, I was like, "This is what I want to do forever
2: and ever." If somebody lets me, so here I am. Were your parents supportive or skeptical about this acting career choice?
3: <laughs> um, both. <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents are great. If you can't tell already, I'm like big fans of theirs. Um, yes. I, I feel. Again, I feel I feel really lucky that my, you know, people are like, ooh, you're Indian. And and by the way, like my parents are not just like Indian immigrants, they're PhD professors. So it's like Mm. a double whammy of, you know, (laughs) expectation. Sure. So, but they're, they're also like very cosmopolitan people. And, and I don't, I don't think there was, and by the way, I'm, my mom like was a dancer. She was my first dance teacher and choreographer. She was an actor when she was younger, not professionally, but, you know, and same as mm-hmm. me when I was younger, you know, she would perform, uh, she performed her whole life basically through college. And so I get it from her, the performance bug. And I don't think that either of them had any issue with like the, my, my craft, like the craft of acting. I think, you know, especially for my dad, who is like a tip, like, like just very risk averse. I think the, the issue was like just this idea that like, I still think, you know, he still can't imagine, like, it doesn't cannot compute that. Like, I never know what my next job is going to be or when <laughs> or where. And like, I think that was the most distressing thing to them was just like the sort of instability or sort of unpredictability of my business. And, um, you know, my dad, my dad is a, he's an engineer. He's a, he's a professor, like a business professor. And so it's like a plus B has to equal C if you're the best basketball player in the world, you're going to go and play in the NBA. And, you know, that's that's that. But that's not really how my business works. (laughs) There's a lot of like unknown sort of, you know, parts to the equation. So um, I think they were worried about me, obviously. And Mm -hmm. they've always been supportive, thank goodness, and um, have never had any issue with like, what I do. It's more just like, they would rest easier uh, if there was a like, less uncertainty yeah.
2: involved in my the industry. Normal job with benefits and Correct. you know k yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, all those nice things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you give up when you uh, pursue that that avenue. Um, you know, Michelle Obama once said you you can't be what you can't see. I'm curious if you struggled to find representation in the entertainment industry while you were growing up and and having these aspirations to pursue acting.
3: Yes. Um, great question. Yeah. I mean, I I you know, was born and raised in Texas. I watched a lot of television and movies when I was a kid. I mean, my whole life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I didn't see anyone. Uh, I grew up in the 90s and there was no one who looked like me or Mm -hmm. had, you know, came from the same background or anywhere sort of near me. I mean, like the only representation we had in the 90s was a poo on The Simpsons, which is not... (laughs) Great. Not not great representation. (laughs) Not necessarily positive, affirming representation uh, for a young Indian girl that, you know, wanted, desperately wanted and and, could have really used seeing someone that looked like me on television or in the movies. And so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I think, difficult, would have been really, I feel like, there, there was something missing. And so that probably was part of what drove me to do what I am doing. And I am happy to report that I think that that's definitely changing. The, the landscape is changing, but I still think we have a long way to go. Um, but even in the time that I've been working in this industry, like from the, the types of roles that were available to me when I first started working till now, I mean, there's been a, a huge shift and You know, you've got shows like The Mindy Project, and then Mm. Mindy Kaling shows like Never Have I Ever, which you know, you know, features not just one, not two, not but but three South Asian women leads of that show. I mean, that's that would have been sort of unthinkable to Mm -hmm. 15 year old me. But how wonderful for! Teenage, you know, like young kids that get to see that uh, on their TV screens. I'm envious, but I'm also thrilled that there's that sort of change is taking place and progress is being made. But of course, there's a long way to go.
2: Always. Yeah. Um, I mean, but how does it feel knowing that perhaps, you know, now you are one of those people for these girls that are, are, are watching on TV and seeing somebody that looks like them? Gosh, I guess
3: I don't think about it that way, but um, yeah, that just gave me like uh, some warm, fuzzy feelings when you said that. I, I, um, I did a photo shoot a few years ago with this super talented actress. Her name is Geraldine Biswanathan. She's Australian. She's so so talented. We did a photo shoot in New York for this um, for a South Asian um, fashion designer. Bipu Moh- Mohapatra. And um, I remember meeting her and I'd already, I mean, I'd seen her in a ton of things and thought she was super, super talented. And she said, Hey, at, uh, sort of at the end of our shoot, we'd never met before. And she said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you that when I was a kid, I watched 17 again, which is a movie I did. One of, one of the first movies I ever did. I said, and I saw you and I thought, Oh, like you made me realize that a Brown girl can be in the movies. And mm. I was like, oh my God, first of all, that is one of the kindest things anyone's ever said to me. And second of all, I felt so old in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, how old, how old were you when you were You're a like, child? You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But anyway, it, it was it was so kind. And I, I, it was one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. And I, yeah, I guess I don't think about it in those terms, but that is really just such a
2: privilege if I mm. if I get to be a part of that change. Absolutely. Has has there been a moment when you've kind of been able to pause and felt like you've made it, you know, like truly like, like fulfilled your, your dream that you had as, you know, a teenager? <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. Uh, well, look, I mean, I, I guess part of me is I'm sort of a, I don't know. I think one thing about having like drive or ambition or whatever you want to call it. Ambition sounds kind of like a gross word, but something that you have to have to even just like be able to survive in this industry, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise you just sort of like get eaten up and chewed up and spit out basically. But is that like, I, I shouldn't say you, but like, I don't ever feel like I can sort of sit back on my laurels and go like, Oh, look at what, look at what I've accomplished. Like, no, I mean, I sort of, you know, you, I have a goal and it's like back maybe, Six or seven years ago, I had certain things that I was like, "Oh, I just if I could just do this, or if I could just get to here, or if this could happen." But once those things happen, the gold post moves, you yep. know, move right, <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, well that that was cool, but now I have to it has to be this. And so, uh, for me, it's always like I, I don't feel like no, I don't feel like I can sort of sit back and go feel like pleased with myself. I feel like I've I've always got to like try harder and do better, and there's more there's more. There are more goals to pursue and hopefully achieve. And um, I think that's just how I'm wired.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, like you said, I think some of it has to do with like, you know, having to be wired that way in order to continue to kind of slug it out. You know, it's a, an entertainment industry is not for the faint of heart, for sure. But yeah, you, I think everyone's hard on themselves too. And you want, you know, the next big thing is it. And then the next thing after that, and there's no no end to it, right? There's no
3: end, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I think that just makes, that sounds exhausting, but (laughs) truly I just feel like it it just makes me strive for better and more and, and to be better and to grow and to progress in my craft and in my career. And so I don't see it as a bad thing. I feel like it just sort of is a fire that keeps me
2: going back. Tia tells us about her holiday movie, A Gingerbread Christmas, streaming now on Discovery Plus.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
2: Your latest movie, A Gingerbread Christmas, is fabulous. I watched it the other night. We love a holiday movie, especially (laughs) when it involves, you know, a bakery that needs saving, a big city girl. Of course, you have to have a love story. Of course. That's (laughs) non-negotiable. How excited were you to be part of kind of a festive food-centric film? I
3: loved it. I don't think I've ever eaten so much in one <laughs> movie in my life. And yeah, it was lovely. I clearly if uh, you can't tell by now I love food and I love to eat. <laughs> and so it was like a win win for me.
2: <laughs> uh, how, how did you approach your character Hazel in the movie? You know, she
3: is dealing with loss. I don't I don't know. I don't want to give any like spoil. It's not like a spoiler kind of movie. But sure. uh, you know, she's dealing with personal loss that's quite recent. And so um, and actually so I, I mean I don't think I'm giving anything away here but her mother so. her mother passed away recently and she hasn't been home since because it's too, it's too difficult and they, they asked if I could if I could use my own photos of my own actual mother in the film and I was gonna ask her permission and then I thought you know what first of all she's probably gonna sure she'll say yes and maybe it'll be like a neat surprise so she actually didn't know that you know photos of us when, when I'm little make an appearance in the movie and so yeah afterwards my dad like called after they watched it and was like, well, "That was that was a, such a pleasant surprise." Anyway, oh. um, so it, you know, having like you know, our house, um, Hazel and her dad's house has like photos of baby Tia, like baby me with my own actual mom, like all over <laughs> it, and so it wasn't that hard to sort of put myself in that place, yeah. just thinking, you know, it was, it wasn't like. Uh, it it was sort of easy to draw upon those emotions when I'm like looking at pictures of my mom, my actual mom. Yeah. Um, You kind of feel
2: at home a little bit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, yeah. And then, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so hard to like get into the holiday spirit when there was like delicious baked goods everywhere you looked, (laughs) like every other scene I'm eating something delicious. So, you know, uh, it wasn't a bad day at the office. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, So w- was the food actually like good on set? Because I've heard, you know, different things from different sets, like where it's like, oh, no, those things were actually terrible to eat. We hated yes, them. But like that is.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> I would say more often than not, the things you have to eat, like for 37 takes are not things that you want <laughs> to eat. But I am happy to report that in this movie, we had the most incredible food stylist. I don't know Mm. if that's the right um, term for her, but she, I mean, she like craft, she and her team crafted these incredible gingerbread, I should say buildings. They're not all gingerbread houses. Um, But everything you see in the movie, like all of those gingerbread houses that enter the competition, those are all actually edible. Really? Yes. I mean, they're insanely intricate and beautiful and like wonderfully executed and she actually made most of the things that I like most of the desserts and baked Pastries, goods featured yeah. yeah that are featured in the movie and Let me just tell you, they were all very delicious. So it made having to do (laughs) take after take uh, not so bad.
2: (laughs) Well, I would expect, you know, nothing less for a Food Network slash Discovery movie. But it's good to hear that the food tasted as good as it looked. Oh, yes. Uh, Um,
3: Let me. uh, Yeah, I'll be the first to tell you that that was uh, that was great news for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Food Network, how was it working with the ace of cakes himself, Duff Goldman? Oh,
3: my gosh. He's such a peach. I, I, you know, he wasn't. Uh, On set for too long, he. I Mm -hmm. think he was. He's shooting, and he like had to kind of like
2: sneak away for a couple days. Um,
3: (laughs) But he was such a champ, and like just such a such a delight. Yeah. Uh,
2: Is there anything special about this movie that you're particularly like proud of?
3: Yes, um, I love Christmas movies, and I feel like our Christmas, a a gingerbread Christmas, has you know, the things that you want to see in a Christmas movie. It has, uh, you know, family, it has a budding romance and a hunky dude in it. And, <laughs> you know, all of those things that you sort of like, you need, you know, like you need those boxes checked. Mm. But I feel like our movie also kind of has elements that I found wonderfully, like not just pleasantly, but wonderfully surprising. And, um, you know, we have like a, an LGBTQ couple and the, the the story is centered around a South Asian family, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one of the contestants who, who becomes a friend of a friend of my character Hazel's is a a, a, a a brand new Muslim immigrant from Iran, and she enters the competition with a, a gingerbread mosque that mm-hmm. you know is a mosque that was very dear to her when you know in her hometown where she's from in Iran, and so I don't know, it's just sort of like feels representative of what I don't know what what America really does look like Mm -hmm. uh, in 2022 and just that there are all kinds of people that don't necessarily always get represented in movies like this. And so I'm 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 just thrilled that our movie sort of gives you a, a sort of broader picture of what a holiday movie can look like.
2: Yeah, and, and and like we spoke about earlier, not the not the holiday movie that you grew up watching. You know, this is definitely more representative. Yeah, of all people who like to watch holiday movies, totally. Right? And, and then to <laughs> celebrate
3: Christmas, yeah, totally. yeah, exactly.
2: Um, all right, well, big question then: uh, Could you hold your own in an actual gingerbread house competition? Um. Um. Here's
3: the thing: <laughs> I love to cook, and I. I, you know, I don't suck at it. I feel like I can say I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not my mom, but I, I love to cook and I, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good cook. I think I am not so into baking. Um, <laughs> Same. It's just too, it's sort of too exact. rigid for me. Yeah. I like, want to, I want to sort of embellish or sort of, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't like all the rules. While I might be a good cook, I am not a craftsy person. So even if I could like bake the thing, assembling the thing would be not 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 great for me. (laughs) All
2: right, So you you are not the architect um, that you that you play in the movie. No, no, I would lose that competition. All right. Well, I hope everybody watches uh, A Gingerbread Christmas. It is a delight and a a nice twist on on the traditional holiday movie. Uh, We're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question for you. Uh, All right. So favorite Food Network show. Um, When I first moved to L.A., I knew nobody.
3: I had no family here. I was like just showed up one day all by myself. And (laughs) this sounds really sad. It was not it was not sad. I mean, maybe (laughs) it was kind of sad, but I I, like sort of didn't I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any sort of job prospects at the time. I just sort of shown up by myself and didn't really have a lot to do. So I would watch Food Network every (laughs) afternoon right around lunchtime. I remember I would watch Giada De Laurentiis and right after Giada, it was um, Barefoot Contessa. So Mm. literally every afternoon from 12 to 1, I would... Well, I would spend my my early afternoon with Giada and Ina Garden.
2: and uh, that was like that's how I. Spent I mean, my that's a great afternoon in, in anyone's book, you know. Yeah,
3: it was great. <laughs> they they were they kept me company when I was sort of a sad, little, lonely, brand new Angelino that didn't know anyone yet and didn't hadn't started working and meeting people, and so I would just spend. So yeah, Gi- Giada De Laurentiis and Ina Garden got me through a, a little a little. Rough patch when I yeah. first moved here. Uh, I love that. All right. Favorite character you've played? Oh man. I am gonna pick two. One is uh Vicky from the good place because mm-hmm. uh she's just like in a just a ridiculous, wonderful, uh absurd character who, you know, is an actual literal demon and just had the <laughs> most like just Just ridiculous lines that were just it was just a delicious role and so fun to to play and um, just like the best dialogue on network television on that show. And then I would say Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels because, Mm. um, you know, it's hard to get it doesn't get better than Star Wars.
2: Yeah. All right. You're invited to a potluck dinner. What are you bringing? Oh, good question. Okay, if it is fall or
3: winter, if it's cold outside, I have a recipe that I always make that sounds kind of crazy to some people, but it's actually so delicious. It's like a pasta dish with spicy italian sausage mm. and pumpkin puree and okay. cream and parmesan cheese and sage and um it's just like so and uh, a lot of crushed red pepper flakes and wow. um it's like fall it's, fall, it's fall in a, in it's a like dish a tumnal, yeah it's like it's <laughs> it's comforting but it's also kind of just like a little twist because you've got the pumpkin puree instead of like you know like a heavy cream sauce mm-hmm. it's delicious um so that's what i would bring if it's cold and if it's um, warm, I have this, uh, it's like kind of my go-to for like summer dinner parties. It's like a, it's actually vegan. It's a vegan succotash dish that has like, uh, it's in, it's cooked with coconut oil, but mm. it's um, lima beans, cherry tomatoes. What else goes in this? Zucchini, chives, um lemon juice. I'm forgetting some main things. I feel like there's more. Anyway, it's delicious. Oh, corn, like fresh, fresh corn. Oh, sure. you, yeah. Um, off you, you know, like cut off the ears, cut off the ears. That sounds <laughs> I'm talking about corn. Okay. Just for the record. Yeah. It's really good. And, Yum. uh, and it's vegan. So that's like a, a plus. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's healthy. Yeah. But delicious it's
2: crowd pleaser. Yes. TV show that you're loving right now.
3: Oh gosh. Um, Okay, I did. I recently binged The Bear. Uh, yes, <laughs> so so fast it almost made my head spin. I was like, how how many days? Like, did I take three days to binge the whole show? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And of course, that's also food centric. And what else am I watching? Oh, I'm watching The White Lotus uh, okay. season two right now, which you know is set in Sicily, which I want to go to so badly. It's so high on my list, and I, you know, of course, like another place that
2: I just want to like eat my way through that that, that place. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch season two. I watched season one, but I have not.
3: Season two is good. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm not totally caught up yet because I've been in Peru,
2: but I'm uh, I plan to get caught up soon. All right. Best and worst parts of your job.
3: Oh, well, the best part of my job is that it's my literal dream job and I get to actually do it, which is sort of hard to even believe uh, sometimes. And, you know, like I, I love people and my job is, I mean, literally centers around interacting with people. So, and I love to travel. And so my job, you know, affords me, uh, getting to travel for work. Sometimes that's also the worst part of my job, because depending on where you are and how long you're there and if you're there <laughs> by yourself and, you know, maybe that, that can be a little taxing, but honestly, it's just, uh, it, it, it is a dream come true that I get to do this for real for my you know livelihood and mm-hmm. um worst part of part about my job i uh maybe that we work long hours like you know there might be like a 17 18 hour day but it's like sorry so you're doing the thing that, the only thing you want <laughs> to do in do. life or oh, is it oh are you uncomfortable has it been too long <laughs> like you've been sitting in your trailer for too long like every time that there's something that maybe i get like a little sort of frustrated by if i'm like they called me in at 5 a.m. and I, it's, it's now 1 p.m. and I haven't even worked yet and they didn't need to. I'm like, Tia, take it, take a step back and, and consider that you're still here and you're still doing it. What is what are you really upset about? And yeah. so I just have to kind of give make you know, put things into perspective. Um, yeah, I don't I, I can't complain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How would your friends describe you in one
3: word? Oh my gosh. Have you noticed that I don't use one word for anything? (laughs) One word. Um, hopefully, uh, I don't know. I I hope kind. I mean, um, kind word. Yeah. And maybe adventurous.
2: I'd like to hope, I'd like to think think, think that about me. (laughs) Yes.
3: I'd like two words.
2: Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, all right. And then last rapid fire question. What, um, what does this time of year and the holidays mean to you? Oh gosh,
3: I mean my family, like getting to be with my loved ones, wherever we are, whether it's like visiting visiting each other where we live or going off somewhere far away and going on an adventure together, just like spending time with my family and cooking, eating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sh- you know, just just like quality time with those guys since we're all sort of spread apart, um these are the like like the holidays are like when we actually make it a point to all be together, and that's really special.
2: Mm, I love that. All right, so the final question is not rapid fire. Um, it is we want to know because <laughs> I have made none of them rapid fire. So that's far. okay. It's okay. <laughs> what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So you know. We want you to take us through what you're eating for breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. You can throw snacks in there if you want. Um, There are no rules. So calories don't count. You can travel, time travel. Anyone can prepare these meals. Um, There are are no rules. It's just like your ideal meals for each of those. Oh, gosh. Well, clearly... (laughs)
3: Uh, gosh, how do I even <laughs> narrow this down? Okay. Uh, okay. So for breakfast, I, this will, this will, mine will probably involve some travel as well because sure, like, travel and food are my two passions in life <laughs> um, and combining them, especially. Yeah. Okay. So like quite literally the greatest brunch of my life. Uh, and I live in LA, like we, we love, we love brunch here, but the greatest <laughs> brunch of my life is at the most beautiful hotel, which is in, uh, Bali where I got to stay. It's called the Mulia if you ever get a chance to stay at the mulia, please do. And please have that brunch. It's like, it puts those, you know, those like, um, uh, Vegas brunch buffets Uh to shame. Like it's just (laughs) this massive room, beautiful spread of like every, and I, I like, I like sweet things. Um, but I don't necessarily want, like, I want savory things in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm like happy if someone wants to share some of their French toast with me, but I want, to eat. Like like, a table French
2: toast. Yeah. 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 A table French toast. Yeah. (laughs) A French toast
3: for the table. Um, but it was, I mean, there, it's just like massive spread. There's like, like Indonesian food. There's like a whole section of noodles. There's brunch thing, you know, what we could like eggs and all that stuff. Then there's like a sushi Section wow yeah. yeah sushi for, yeah sure g- g- give me some yeah. yeah and then um I had never had this before it's um, maybe you know it it's called kaya toast which kaya I guess is like a mm, forgive me if anyone's listening and I'm wrong but it's like a sort of coconut paste kind of thing okay. and it's um you put it on this like brioche bread toast Mm. and like there can be like a fried egg on top okay and it's like a little bit sweet a little bit savory and oh my god oh my god so good so anyway (laughs) that's my breakfast yeah (laughs) Yeah. Mm, lunch oh okay i know i know my favorite lunch my lunch i we would we would mosey on from uh, bali to mexico city love um, at my favorite restaurant in mexico city what one of um Called Contramar, yeah, and it's just like (laughs) so, just like the most delicious (laughs) food. Uh, uh, There, uh, have you had the tostadas?
2: yes the tuna oh my god that's like the the thing you have to get yeah Yeah. the (laughs) tuna
3: tostadas and then off menu you can actually ask for them to split your tuna tostada order in half and do half tuna tostada half crab tostada so for the next time you're there okay a little inside recommend yeah i love that (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah like lunch at contramar and then dinner gosh um this is hard for me because I just love food, <laughs> like, a, I like a wide variety of food. Um, so, okay, I'm going to split it up. Some of it would be my mom's Bengali food. Of course. It's just the best. Um, maybe some of that shrimp curry that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Um, she also makes like bomb... We eat goat meat curry and Mm. uh, it's just hers is like the best. Mm. Um, All right. I'm going to stop touting my mom's food. (laughs) because It's not like that helps anyone else. Um, At least Contramar people can go to. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm going to throw some Texas barbecue in there. Of course. uh, Because, you know, I have to. I would say Austin either... Yes, Franklin's, of course, but um, La Barbecue. I love La Barbecue. La Barbecue is the best.
2: <laughs> and, and it's women um, owned too. I know,
3: yeah. <laughs> and, um, and maybe I'll, I'll throw Terry Black's in there as well. Okay. Oh, and since we're talking about Austin, uh, my favorite restaurant, Uchi or Uchiko, their sister restaurant, sushi, Japanese food, but like very sort of unusual dishes- Okay, I'm going to stop because I feel like I could just keep going. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> you said I could go anywhere. I know. So like now I know. Like, I said my, there's my, no rules. My brain is like all over the place. And then dessert. Gosh, what's the best? Um, uh, well, now my brain can't think of a great dessert. Something with chocolate, something. It doesn't even have to be chocolate. I, I just love dessert in general. That's not really helpful, is it? Um,
2: <laughs> you could have like a dessert. Yeah, like a dessert. Buffet or something. <laughs> yeah,
3: maybe like a Jose. you know, um, maybe a Jose Andres dessert. okay. I've never been disappointed uh, eating dessert at any of his restaurants that I've been to. So that's not very specific, but that's all no, right. That's my answer. You don't know
2: where you, you don't know what you're going to be feeling after you ate all of that food. It's so true. You don't know what You're going to be in the mood for it's So true. I think leaving your options open is uh, is the way to go. Yeah, I don't sure. want to paint myself into a corner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this has been such a delight um, chatting with you about your career and of course uh, your new Discovery Plus movie, which everybody should watch and get in the holiday spirit. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time and best of luck uh, with your career. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Once again, I encourage everyone to stream all of the new Discovery Plus original holiday movies. They just make you all warm and fuzzy inside. And make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies after the holidays. We'll be back with new episodes on January 13th.